0: All right. Um last week we we took a look at the Holy Spirit. We were going on this like kind of mini mini uh, series about the Holy Spirit as we prepare for the retreat and we really want to uh build hunger uh to encounter God uh and, and encounter God in a tangible way. And I, I believe that one of the ways that a lot of people fail to encounter God is through the Holy Spirit, right? He's he's part of the Trinity. <laughs> Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit—that's what we. That's one of the foundational, like you know, the the basics of Christian faith and Christian you know beliefs. However, a lot of people we don't really encounter too much of the Holy Spirit. We don't expect the Holy Spirit to be there, and if we do, it's on a very limited basis and a limited understanding. So, kind of want to go through this series again um, about the Holy Spirit. You know, He's a person. We talked about it last week. He's God, and He's God here with us, right? You know, Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. But He's not here anymore, right? Jesus, you know, like He was here, He resurrected, and then He went to heaven. And He's at the right hand of the Father. But we do have a God that is with us always. And He's the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. He's a person. And He's God and He's with us. And Jesus said, It's better for you to that I go away so that the Holy Spirit can come. Wait, why was it better for Jesus to go back to heaven? Because if Jesus was still here on earth, Right, if Jesus remained and we wanted to talk to God, right, we would like he would probably be in Jerusalem, right. So he would have to like get on a plane and fly to Jerusalem, right. And there would probably be like millions of people there want to talk to Jesus because he's the Son of God, right. And so then we would have to like wait in line probably for like months and then finally get to the front of the line and maybe have like five minutes with Jesus to talk with him. Like Jesus, I have this issue, and then then you'd have to go on, right. Um, and so he he's he's a human being you know he became incarnate right he was there from the, like all, always in existence but then when he came to earth as a baby he became man right and so th- he's permanently in that state jesus never like became like not man again he he's still a man and so when, with Jesus you know in in heaven are the the representative or the 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 god that we have here on earth is holy spirit and who it's you know, the, the the part of the Trinity that we are supposed to be dealing with and we are supposed to be communicating with and 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 looking to is the Spirit of God that is within us. And so you know we want to go a little bit deeper into the Holy Spirit and and just the different things about who He is and the personality and the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Um, and we want to know who He is because you know we want to if we want to know someone like we have we want to know His personality. Right, like, if you want to really get to know me, right, if you meet me for the first time, I might be shy, and you might not, like, get to know all of me, right, but then as we spend time, you know, and then you guys will get to know my personality, right? And you guys know, and if it's people that really know me, my personality is like, I'm very belligerent, right, I'm very loud, although, you know, I feel like the loudest person in the family is Ethan now, is Ethan, is the loudest person in the world. I'm loud, you know, I've calmed down a bit, but I'm like, you know, I'm pretty outgoing, you know, I, I talk a lot, and, you know, I stick my foot in my mouth a lot, but you get, to, if you want to really get to know me, you have to kind of get to know my personality, you have to know my characteristics, and that's what we have to do with the Holy Spirit. You know, we want to know, and we want to interact with Him, and we have, we want to kind of know His personality and what He's all about, and so, we want to take a look at this passage today, it's from 2 Corinthians, verse chapter 13. Verses eleven through fourteen, right? And this is Apostle Paul. He's it's like he's giving his kind of his last signing off from the like the second letter to the Corinthian church. And he says, "Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet greet one another with a holy kiss." This was pre-COVID. Okay um all the saints greet you the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all so as paul is like you know saying goodbye to the corinthian church he leaves this letter with a lot of encouragement and a lot of exhortation and a lot of instructions on how they should be you know like love one another and be you know like agree with one another live in peace with one another you know and then, and then he says, you know that. And then he prays that God will be with him. But you know, we have here an insight into how God is with us, like the characteristics of God, the Trinity, that kind of we are we are able to interact with, right? And he kind of gives us his insight into um, aspects of who God is. And he says, "May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with us." And so we know that without God's grace, without the grace that Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ instills upon our life, like none of this gets off the ground, none of this matters. We, we, like, like we're, we're still in our sins, there's nothing that we can do, and so the one aspect of Jesus Christ that we really, when we look at Jesus and like, like what we receive from Him is His grace, right? It's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He brought grace and salvation into our lives. You know, it was not about what we do and how we do it and the things that we do, but it's about what He did on the cross, and He gives it to us as a free gift. And this is what grace is. It's a free gift. As we put our faith in Him, we receive His grace. Everything that comes with Jesus Christ is a gift and His grace to us. And then He says that the love of God or the love of the Father be with us. And we've sang that song today. Um, you know, the second song, and it talks about the love of God. Like, if I go up to the mountains, right, like you'll be there. Your love will be there, right? Your love goes on and on. And, and we know that, that He loves us with the love of the Father, right? And there's a lot of parents in this room, right? We have, I mean, one of the biggest blessings that we have is we have a lot of kids in our, like, for a small church, we have a lot of kids, and I believe that's a blessing. One of the things that Mina and I, we've been really praying for our families, right, to be established in our church, and I, it's not that I don't love you singles, I love you all singles, right, and I love you guys to death, and you guys are such important, you know, um, you know, part of our community, that one Sunday when you guys all went on vacation together, we had a newcomer, it was a, it was, a, it was a girl, like a lady, and she came, and <laughs> everybody here was like a part of a couple, it was like with a bunch of kids running around, and all you singles got together, and decided to go on a trip together, and she's like, I don't, think I, I don't think I can come to this church. There's no single people. And we're like, no, they, they're all on vacation together. Please, come back next week. They'll be back, right? We love you guys, right? But one of the blessings that we have, we have a lot of kids in our church. And, you know, we have a lot of... When we have a lot of kids, we have a lot of parents, right? You know, we don't have any kids that come here by themselves, you know? They all come with parents. And as parents, we know the love of a parent, right? You know, you guys have to understand, like, when, when I first got married, like, like, I, I feel like God grew my p- capacity to love. Cause like, you know, when we're single, we're, we're selfish. And I don't know about you guys, but I was super selfish. And I was like, you know, I need my time, I come home, and like, you know, like, this is me, I do what I wanna do, and then, and then when I got married, like, I was confronted with that, It was like, there's a whole other person that wants to do other things, right? And like, wants me to do it with her, and like, you get confronted, and then God stretches your capacity to love, right? You know, when, when you got married, I was like, oh, I was like, God, oh, this God sanctifying me through this woman, right? And it's like you learn to grow in your love, and you learn to love, you know, a little bit more, you know, because God challenges you with this whole other person that's attached to your life. But then when you have kids, like your capacity to love seems like it explodes inside your heart, right? It just grows, and just because. The way that that God kind of sees love and deals with his 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 people is through the the love of the Father, right? Parents on Earth loving their kids is not the original artifact. The original artifact is God loving His Son and God loving the pe- His people. That's the original artifact. And so, as parents, we have to experience just a small little bit of the Father's love, right? The fathers of the parents love. We get to experience that when we have kids, right? And so, like this love of the Father is, is just, when we look at God the Father, the, the aspect of who the Father is, is His amazing love for us. It says, God so loved the world, right? The Father loved the world that He gave His Son, Jesus Christ. Right? I can't imagine giving up my any of my kids, right? Even on the worst days, when they're, driving me crazy. I would never sacrifice my kids for anything, but for God the Father to do that, it really represents and shows us His amazing love for us. And so, Paul writes, May the love of the Father, right? The love of God, love of the Father be with you. And, and and like, be, because it, it is the love of the Father, right, for His children, we have so much of our identity comes from His love. There's a huge correlation between love and identity, and children gain their identity from the love they receive from their parents. That's why when we see like young people growing up without parents, or you know th- there might be a, have a parent missing in their family, they they go after that identity of like what they're supposed to be out there in the world from from pe- like things and avenues that are out there. I'm like this happened to me. Like my dad, I still have a dad, but my dad was like. Not always there, in the sense that he worked nights all his life. He worked for the United States Postal Service, and he worked nights. He would go to work at 9.30 at night every day, and he would usually work six days a week, and he would come home at 7.30 to 9 o'clock in the morning, right? He was a really hard worker. We never saw him, because when he was home, he was sleeping all the time. And then when when it was time to to go to school, he would come come home, but then, like, I would have to go to school, and then, like, he, I would come home from school, and then I would see him, but he's sleeping, right? Because he has to get ready for work. And so I never really, like, like knew this understanding of, like, you know, I, I had my dad. He was kind of an absent dad, and then, like, that whole aspect kind of wrecked with my identity. And I, like, I went after it in my, in the world, like, trying to know, like, this identity of like what it was to be a dad. i mean, not a dad, but like to be a man. I didn't know, like, nobody really taught me because my dad never really talked to me about being a man. It's always so grumpy, you know, like, it works nights, right? Like, if you if you don't see the sunlight enough throughout the day, your personality starts to, like, change. This happened to my roommate. I'm not going to name names. But we, like, I had a roommate that would get home from work, like, at 10 o'clock, and then, like, at night, and then he would, like, stay up till, like, 3, 4, and then he would wake up at 1 to go to work as a high teacher, and he would only see, like, 3 hours of sunlight, and his personality radically changed. Kind of going down a tangent here. It was like, I was like that with my dad and so my dad so like I went out there and then like I, I was not able to know what it was to be a man this identity of what it was to be like you know like what what like a man was supposed to be and so I went after it and went went do did crazy things thinking that you know if I do this, I can be a man if I get drunk. If I get do this, if I like, you know, party, and if I do drugs, and I do all these crazy things, I can be a man, and then, you know, led me down this crazy path to do stupid stuff and brought me here, you know? But, you know, like so much of the, the, the identity that children have comes from their parents, right? And so, as children of God, the, the, the thing that the Father's relationship with us is supposed to be smeared upon our life, His fingerprints, the Father's fingerprints on us, it's His love. And we identify the love of the Father from the love that He has for us. It says, we love because He first, what? Loved us. And so we understand love, and we're able to love. Like, I'm able to love you guys, and I, and, and you guys are able to love me, and we're able to have this love in this community because of the Father's great love for us. Right? That's our identity. We are the, the identity that we have as His people comes from our God, and that identity is the love of the Father. And then Paul says, about the Holy Spirit, he says this, and and says that the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us. So it's the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, he identifies Jesus with grace. And then with the Father, he identifies it with the love of the Father. And then with the Holy Spirit, he says, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Right. And that word in the ESV is translated as fellowship, but it's, has a lot of different meanings. Some places they translate it as communion of the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, it's, you guys have probably heard this word before, but it's koinonia. Who's, who's heard of that word, koinonia, right? You guys have koinonia at your churches or in your Christian organization. And here, the, the definition of the word means fellowship, companionship, communication, intimacy, sharing together social intercourse, partnership, joint participation, mutual close association. These are the words that are associated with this Greek word that Paul uses regarding the Holy Spirit. So when Paul tells Christians, may the koinonia of the Holy Spirit be with you, right, so in essence it's... Is, is, it's possible for us to have the Holy Spirit, right? He's saying this to Christians. He's saying this to the church and the believers that are gathered in the the church in Corinth, and he's saying, "May the Corinthia, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you." And as he's writing this, it basically tells us that as Christians, we can have we can have the Holy Spirit in us, and still maybe not have a relationship with Him. And because he's imparting this wisdom upon Christians. That, that, you know, and we're going to talk about this later, but I believe that, you know, because the Holy Spirit is a person and he has a personality, and I talked a little bit about this last week, that, that, that we can have a relation, he can be in our lives, because he's in our hearts. If we're truly, true believers of Jesus Christ, he can be in our hearts, but we can actually be with the Holy Spirit and not have a real intimate or even a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Right? We might just reject Him. Or we might offend Him. Because these are all phrases that are in the Bible that we can do to the Holy Spirit. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. We can grieve Him. We can ignore Him. Right? We can, you know, There are so many things. He's a person. He's a being. He has a personality. And so we can actually have the Holy Spirit in us and not have a relationship with me. And we can ignore him. And my kids ignore me all the time. Right? There's times where like I I am all that they, they, they want, right? When they want something from me, right? They'll like knock on my door for hours. And at one time I tried, I was like, I'm just gonna ignore him. And I hear you know the, the door handle? They're like <coughs> you know, I locked the door in my in my office <coughs> and then finally they figured out I have a window that connect, connects to the veranda and they'll go around and they'll come to my window. And I have my window locked and the blinds down, but I can hear them breathing. <sighs> it's like Dad Dad can I can I get some candy? Like I'm just like, oh you know like but then there's times where they're doing something and they're I think I can be there, I'm invisible. They straight ignore me. And it's when I'm there watching T V. Like Ethan, can you can you go clean your room? And it's like like I'm I'm a ghost. They can't see me or hear me, right? I like, and I'm just like, Ethan. And they're like, huh? And he looks right at me, and I'll say the words to him, but he's just like, he goes right back to watching TV, right? And it's a lot of times we do that with the Holy Spirit. We ignore His presence in our lives. We ignore His presence, and His words, and His, his, his fellowship, and His affection, and things that He, he is, His personality. We just ignore Him. Because we have other things to do and other things that we feel like is more important in our lives. And so, as we go on this journey about the Holy Spirit, I want to kind of talk to about this word koinonia, which Paul attributes to the Holy Spirit. And the main definition of this word is fellowship. Fellowship. If you want a definition of fellowship, it means friendly relationship, companionship. It means company or sharing together. What do friends do together? They, they, they share together. They communicate together. They spend time together. They understand each other. Right? Like, like, one of the things, and I say this a lot, is I like cooking. Right? I like cooking. And I'm fairly good at it. And people say that I'm pretty good. Mina, you know, also cooks, but, and, and she cooks certain things better than I do. And I cook certain, cook certain things better than she does. I, I like cooking. And but the thing is, I don't like cooking for myself, right? Because every day when the kids are at school and Mina's know off, and I'm doing my office hours at home or I'm studying, you know, for my class, like like I, I don't like cooking for myself. So I just go out to eat. Right? I'll just like go to Kimbap Changgu and get a kimbap, or you know, like I'll go to like the, you know like the, you know McDonald's many times, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> it's simple, it's easy, you know, like you know. But I don't like cooking just for myself. I like cooking for other people, right? You know, like one of the things that I got really good at in Korea was, um, I before I came to Korea, I, I never had a brisket, right? I never had a Texas brisket. Never been to Texas. Then one day I got, I watched the internet video and I got really into smoking meats, right? And so we got a smoker up on our roof thing, and then I started to smoke meat. And I got really good at making brisket, and you know some of you guys have had my brisket, brisket, and and it's it's really good. But it takes a long time. It takes up to like sometimes 13, 14 hours to make a brisket. And you know that in our house we have those that stairs that I had to go up and down like you know, like 20 times, and I, and I end up smelling like you know charcoal and like it's just I'm sweaty and I have to wake up sometimes at like four in the morning. And there's times where I've woken up at four in the morning to get it started to be able to eat at six o'clock and have to do all of this work in preparation, but I do it because we have company coming over. We have like either church people or we have people that we like that are coming and, and, and I get we I get to enjoy this time together. And I usually make brisket when it's I've never made it for just our family. I've always made it for other people because you know, it's just, it's this fellowship and this communion that I have of spending time with one another and enjoying other people's company. And when we read the Bible about the apostles and the disciples of God, we see them in fellowship in this communion with the Holy Spirit, right? Because, like, like, you know, what the Holy Spirit is about is to be in this communion and this fellowship with us. It's not just him and it's not just us but we're supposed to be in this this communion communion of being at one with the Holy Spirit in this relationship with the Holy Spirit and so it's not like me like like if it was just by myself, I would eat McDonald's right probably every day right But then it's like like because of fellowship, because of communion, I'm willing to put in the work and going up and down and up and down and up and down and, get, and waking up at four in the morning. And that's what that's what the Holy Spirit is all about. It's about communion and relationship and fellowship. Acts twenty, verse twenty two, he says, And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment imprisonment and affliction awaits me. All right? Paul is headed to Jerusalem. And, and not just once, but in every city that he goes to, Holy Spirit tells him, when you go to Jerusalem, and you will go to Jerusalem, you're gonna face affliction, and you're gonna face imprisonment, right? That's what's waiting for you, as Holy Spirit tells him. Right, if a friend told me, like AJ told me, like, come on, like, let's go to Jiu-Jitsu, and I'm like, alright, and he's like, when you go there, they're gonna beat you up. They're going to beat the crap out of you, and they're going to lock you in their gym. Right? I'm just like, no, I'm not going to go, right? Like, I, you know, I will question our friendship. I'm like, Yo, why do you want to take me there, man? What are you getting out of this, right? But then Paul, what does he do? He goes. Because he trusts the Holy Spirit. You guys have to understand that he had this relationship and this communion with the Holy Spirit... That like all of us, all of the people, in the, and when you read the book of Acts, that they, you know, like people are telling him, like Paul, don't go, don't go to Jerusalem, just go somewhere else. You don't have to go there. And, and Paul saying, you know what? Like I have to go. Right? There's nothing that's going to stop you from making a lot. Like you know, me going to Jerusalem is because it's the Holy Spirit. It's God that is telling me to go. He hears what the Holy Spirit is saying to him. And I'm sure he didn't enjoy hearing it from him, but he goes anyway because he trusts the Holy Spirit. He trusts the Word of the Spirit. And my first point is about fellowship is that it it requires trust. Fellowship involves trust. It's a trust that leads to surrender. Paul trusted in the Holy Spirit to guide him in the right direction. If a, if, if a man came up to Paul and said, hey, you're gonna go to Jerusalem, they're gonna beat you up, they're gonna put you in jail, Paul probably wouldn't have gone. But he goes because the Holy Spirit tells him. Holy Spirit leads him. And he's like, you know, I, there's nothing that I, that there's nothing you can say that's gonna keep me from going to where the Spirit is leading me. The Spirit of Jesus, his Lord and Savior, was telling him to go. And Paul knew and trusted the Holy Spirit to guide him. And I want to ask you today, do you trust the Holy Spirit? Right? Are you in this communion, this fellowship of being in a relationship with Him where you can actually trust Him and what He is speaking to you? Sometimes Holy Spirit will tell you to do things that you don't want to do. And He has to tell, you know, and it happens to me all the time and Holy Spirit has to tell me over and over again. Over and over again. And usually, my disobedience comes down to the fact that I don't trust Him. I've had, I've had so many times where Holy Spirit wants to teach me a lesson. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I can trust you in that aspect, capacity of my life, Holy Spirit. And then, you know, I fail. I'm disobedient. And then He, he has to teach me the lesson again. A lot of times we tell Holy Spirit, I think I know better for myself than you and what you know about myself. I feel like I know for himself. That's what we tell him when we, when we don't want to do what the Holy Spirit is leading us. Like, Holy Spirit, I know that you're the Spirit of God. The God that created the universe, created me, created everything in here, and yet I feel like I know better than you. Fellowship means trust. And we see it with Paul and the kind of trust that he had. You know, he, he's, he, would, he would go on to be the founder of so many churches. He would go and spread the gospel to the nations. He'd be in prison. He'd be beaten. He'd be shipwrecked. You know, he, he'd be like, you know, all of these crazy things that happened to him. but And he would go and write this huge section of the Bible. Ultimately, it's because he trusted the Holy Spirit. He says city after city the Holy Spirit was prompting him to go to Jerusalem. And if you go there you will face persecution and imprisonment. And yet because of his relationship because of his trust for the Holy Spirit he goes anyways. And he does amazing things for God. You guys know Paul is one he's like when you look at when you read the New Testament he's like the super one of the superstars. Mine well, minus Jesus he's like one of the superstars of the new testament right and because of his it was because of him being led by the spirit in so many things that he did and this this leads me to my second point is that fellowship means communication it's a city after city holy spirit just didn't talk to him once but he was constantly communicating with Paul and he was constantly listening for the holy spirit they would dialogue with one another. Acts 16, verse 6-10 And they went through the region of Phygea and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak, speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called him, called us to preach the gospel to them. They think about going into Asia, Holy Spirit says don't don't go there. Right, they want to go to Bithynia, Holy Spirit tells them don't go there. They want, to, And then Paul has this vision. Who gave him that vision? The Holy Spirit. There's this man in Macedonia saying, come over here. Right, you know, like, you, you need to help us here. And immediately, they knew it was the Spirit of God leading them, and they went into Macedonia. They were in constant communication with the Spirit of God. A lot of people say, you know, like, I don't hear from God. They're like, ah, like, I, I'll ask somebody, do you hear from God? And they'll be like, I don't know. Like, like oh, maybe once in a while, but I don't really, you know. But I want to ask you are they are they trying to listen for the spirit of god do they speak to him do they ask him questions do they invite him into a conversation fellowship is communication can you truly call someone a friend but you never talk to them now some guys can do that right guys like we we like we me and AJ we're friends or I I don't talk to them throughout the week, right? The I main guys can do that, right? but girls can't do that, right? Girls need, they need to communicate. They need, like, they're, like, you know, be in dialogue. You know, when me and his really close friends from Seoul come to our house, right? There's a girl named Mijang that we, we've known for many, many years, you know, and she's, she's kind of like a missionary up in Seoul. And she'll come over to our house, and she will speak to that woman until, like, 3, 4 in the morning, right? I've I've seen her do it. Right? Like we'd have dinner, and did I tell you this story? We'd have dinner, and then they'd be talking, and then I'll go and write my sermon or do something. Come back around nine o'clock, they're still talking, right? and then like I'll go to I'll go to bed, and then I'll go, go, go to get a drink of water. They're still talking three in the morning. Right? But at the heart of it is is they, they, they love to communicate. There's friendship there, and they love to communicate. And fellowship is communication. And there are times, you know, like in our, in, in our relationship, me and Mina, like there's times where our relationship isn't that great. I like, we, we you know, like I'll say something and she gets angry at me really quickly and you know, we, we, we are, our, something is off, right? And a lot of times it's because we're not communicating. And it's usually me, cause you know, it's, so I want to do what I want to do. I want to, you know, like I want to spend time the way that I want to, you know. I'm. It's usually when I start to be a live, uh, um, a married single, right? You know, like you start to act like a married single, and I'll, I'll be in my office or I'll be in my room doing my own thing, and then you know, will come and be like, "Oh, you want to hang out?" i will be like, "Oh, I'm busy. I can't do it." Uh, and then it will come, and then we're not communicating, and then and and because of that, like our relationship suffers. And then so many times in our life, with our With God, right? He wants to communicate with us. He wants to talk with us. He loves us. We're in this relationship with Him and then we just don't communicate with Him. Just like a good marriage needs communication and married people, y'all need to communicate. Really communicate. You know, communication leads to vulnerability, you know? In the same way our fellowship with the Holy Spirit requires communication. The least of vulnerability. We have to allow. We have to hear. We have to seek to listen and hear from the Holy Spirit and see what He has to say to us. And and we tell Him and we communicate with Him, right? And you could talk to Him about what's on your heart. A lot of times we have all this anxiety. Who struggles with anxiety? Anybody here struggle with anxiety? Raise your hand. can I, anybody here? I struggle with anxiety. There's you know there's a ton of things going through my mind. Right, just the, just last night, just this morning actually, I, I thought about because we all of our stuff is in storage right now. Right? All of our church stuff from our old sanctuary is in storage right now, right? And all of a sudden, that thing came into my mind. I was like, oh man, this is like getting moldy up in there. It's been in there for a year. It's gonna be in there for another year. And I just started thinking, and I just started getting really anxious, right? Because we're paying all this money for storage, and by the time we get it out, it's just gonna be a, a pile of mold, right? And I'm like, what? And then I get all anxious, and I'm like, oh, what's gonna happen to it? When we have to move out of the bridge, and what's saying? And then like, I just start going down this rabbit path of like, the anxiety, right? But you know what? You can take that, and you can communicate that to the Holy Spirit. God wants to hear that from us. Like, we think like, oh, God doesn't want to hear that. No, He does! He wants to hear our struggles, he wants to hear our 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 what our temptations, he wants to hear our joys, he wants to hear our pain, he wants to know what excites us, he wants to know what worries us, what what we fear. The Holy Spirit in the Bible says he is our helper, and that word, and sometimes he's our count, like that word means counselor, means advocate, comforter, intercessor, strengthener, and the one that stands by us, right? We have this. This this person that wants to do these things, he wants to counsel us, he wants to comfort us, he wants to be our intercessor, he wants to be our strengthener, he wants to be the one that stands by us, and he wants to hear from us, and we're just like, oh, i got to go through this alone. No! We can communicate with the Holy Spirit. We tell him our worries. You know what happened this morning? I, I started getting all anxious. I don't know why that thought came into my head. It's so the weirdest thing. I just started getting all anxious about it, and I pray. I just said, Holy Spirit... What do I do? How do we know? And he just said, don't worry. And you know what? I haven't been worried about it since. It was sometime between when I was making our, you know, breakfast, that, that green bean casserole. Cause me and I didn't want to make anything this morning. So I just started heating up stuff, leftovers, and then I just said, Holy Spirit, I feel anxious. It's just a worry that's on my heart. And I just took it to him. And then he, you know, he told me, he's like, don't worry. And and I felt like, well, if God doesn't want me to worry, then why am I worrying, right? I haven't worried about it since, right? In my mind, I'm like, okay, pile of mold there. God will figure it out. But you know, we have access to God in the form of the Holy Spirit that He wants us to talk with Him. He wants us to speak with Him. And He wants to speak with us. Not just to us, but He wants to speak with us. He's our Counselor. And, he, and he's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, even on leap year. And he's free. So like you know, I have nothing against people that go to therapy and counseling. Me and I, we we we've done counseling, you know, with our with our mentor, and you know, spent money on counseling. It's okay, you know, some of you guys are getting degrees for counseling, and that's that's awesome. And sometimes it's really important, and sometimes it really helps people. But we have a counselor that, that wants to counsel us in the Holy Spirit. He has encouragement for us. And He has an encouragement for us that we can't get anywhere else. He has direction for us. That comes from the very will of God. He's there to talk with us and counsel us and, and, and be our intercessor and our strengthener and our, the one that stands by us in fellowship with us. And if we are to be in fellowship with Him, we must be in communication with Him. And I want to ask you today, are you talking to the Holy Spirit? How was your prayer life? When was the last time you actually sat down and prayed and, and sought the presence of God? And the next point I want to make about fellowship—it means attention. If you want to be in fellowship with someone, if you want to be a friend, you have to give that person attention, right? We have a dog named Nugget, and sometimes, man, we don't pay attention to her. And that, you know, when that started when we had kids. Before we had kids, like Nugget, I used to take pictures of her, you know, like I said. And I, we, we don't abuse our dog; we care for our dog, right? we don't give her as much attention, like nowhere as much attention that we used to give her before we had kids, right? Because Nugget, Nugget's getting old. Nugget's almost like 13, 14 years old now. So, you know, she's gonna go soon. We, we feel like, it, you know, but and our kids will be sad because they've known her all their life, all their lives. And then like, I, before the kids came, well, we treated Nugget like our child. We, and the, my Instagram, if you look at the beginning, first tick post of my Instagram is just of Nugget, right? And not that many, but I'll just post all these pictures of Nugget. On Facebook, and we loved, and then our kids came, and we just start stop giving so much attention to Nugget. But you know, you know but we can do that because she's a pet, right? <laughs> right? And it's not good. We we need to pay attention to her, and we do, you know, as much as we can. But if, if there if there's to be true friendship, if there's to be true like connection and and fellowship, we need there needs to be attention. And God is always attentive to us. He's always listening. He's always for us. And, and we're, we, and he wants us to give him our attention. Be aware of his presence. Listen for his leading and pay attention to what he has to say to us. And earlier in our marriage, I was really bad at paying attention to Mina. I, I, you know, like I talked about earlier, you know, sometimes I still do, but you know, I was like a married single. And as you, you know, when you're married, you, you tend to be selfish and, and I had, like, I had this person. I remember the first time we got married and like, like at the, like after the honeymoon and we came back and we moved into our apartment and I me thinking like, when will this person go home? Like, why will not this person, why is she still here? Right? That's stuff that I want to do. And then it just like, it dawns on you. Oh, she lives here. Right? You know, and, and then, like, there was this, I wasn't very good at paying attention to Mina. I, I you know, would ignore her, and, then, and it's, it still happens once in a while. It's like, like I have AirPods in, you know, like you know, AirPods. You guys, some of you guys have AirPods. So I, I have AirPods, in, and then Mina c- comes into the room and she talks. She says something, but to me, it's like, wah, 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 wah. I just straight ignore her, and she's just like, and, and then I did you know, you tap it to, you know, turn off whatever you're listening to. And I, and I give her my attention. But sometimes, a lot of times, that's what we do to God. You know, we like, it's like we have our AirPods in and God's trying to speak to us and we just don't give him our attention. We have the creator of the universe that wants to get our attention. He wants to lead you, guide you. And you're just paying attention to like, you know, whatever that's just happening in front of you in your life. And you got AirPods in. In Colossians 3, three says, Set your minds on things above, not on things that are on this earth. We have to set our minds on God. Give God our attention. Fellowship is attention that leads to quality time. When we are attentive to the Spirit of God, He will lead us into His presence and experience the things that He has for us. It's quality time. Quality time with the Holy Spirit is amazing. He brings you peace, you feel love, you feel protected. And quality time with 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 the Holy Spirit can be adventurous. You follow the leading of God, and He leads you into things that like you would have never gotten into or you would have never experienced in your life. I'll give you an example of Acts 8, right? The disciples are scattered because of persecution, and Philip finds himself in Samaria preaching the gospel. And, and people are getting healed, and demons are getting cast out, and people are, are are getting set free. They have this 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 revival that's happening. Then a few verses later, it says an, an angel speaks to him, telling him to go south. It says rise and go towards the south, to the road that go, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. There's a desert place. And the Bible says immediately he got up and went. And there he finds this Ethiopian eunuch, and he's in charge of all the treasures of the Ethiopian queen, right? And he, he had come to Jerusalem to worship, verse uh, 27, and was, and, and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, Holy Spirit, says to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet, and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up with meant come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb be- before its shears is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation for, for this life is taken away from the earth? And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does this prophet say this about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. He's led by the Spirit of God, right? You know, he's following the Spirit of God. And as they are going along the road, they come to water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Then he commanded the chariot to stop and they both went down into the water and Philip and the eunuch and he was back and he baptized them. And when they had come out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more and went on him his way rejoicing, but Philip found himself in Azotus and as he passed through the, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Right, Philip, he's attentive to the Holy Spirit, right? He's paying attention to the Holy Spirit. He's spirit leading and the Holy Spirit had some exciting plans for Philip. In which one of the highest officials of Ethiopia would come to know the Lord. The Holy Spirit would guide and lead him through every step, and they would show him, show Philip that he is the Spirit of God, you know, and gets him to to understand the gospel and gets him baptized and saved. And all of a sudden, Holy Spirit teleports him. Now, I'm not saying that Holy Spirit is going to teleport you guys, right? And you're going to end up in like, you know, John doing something. No, but. Following the Spirit of God can be adventurous. It can be amazing. You know, like, like, there's times when we would go on mission trips, the Holy Spirit would speak to us so clearly. And I believe that when you go on mission, right, the reason why you feel so, like, we had, we had amazing things happen in our mission ministry for our church, right? People would get healed. People would get set free. We would see people. There are stories of people's like, like, this old man that couldn't walk, like, right? Pastor Melon, had this experience where they were in Indonesia and this old man couldn't walk, right? And then like they prayed for him and all of a sudden like, he ran down the stairs and he was like walking around and like when they were leaving he was the one that was like walking after them, like saying goodbye. Amazing stories and amazing things. But it's because when we're on mission we feel we we feel this presence because we there's this utter dependence on the Holy Spirit. Like right? we're we're attempting to do things that we don't do every day. We're going to places like, places in, out in the world that we're not there are like, you know, every day we go to Philippines, we're Bangladesh, hottest country in the world, right? All these places we would go and we would be so like, 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 we if we were not connected to the Holy Spirit, we feel like, we felt like we were gonna fail. And there so many instances and so many stories where the Holy Spirit would come, All right, We went on this trip to Bangladesh, Ted was there. I don't know if you guys, you guys know Ted. Right, and we were there and we had to, I've said the story I believe I've said, my I've been preaching for 10 years so I feel like you guys have all heard my stories but there's these amazing stories of like we had there's like this sea of kids right and we had this bag of candy like I think you know those Korean candies that are like this big and there's about like 10 pieces inside we had like a bunch of those that we had bought to give candy to the kids and at this place there was like a sea of kids like 100 and some odd kids and they're all lined up They wanted candy from us, right? And we don't want to disappoint them. You know, we're there. We we preach the gospel. And so, like, we started praying. And I remember, like, me and and my friend, we we prayed. And we were like, hey, I feel like we're supposed to pray to multiply the candy, right? And and then I looked in the bag. And I was like, oh, there's no way that we're going to be able to. There's, like, half these kids are going to get disappointed. We started opening the candy, passing out the candy. And all the kids got a piece of candy. And then we looked in the bag, and there's three bags left, right? And we were like, like in the, and, and we just felt like, like no one's gonna believe this. And I don't think you guys believe us now, but in our heart, we were like, this is a miracle, right? It was the Holy Spirit it was like, hey, just like, just like pray and ask to multiply the candy. There was a time when, when Mina, I believe it was Mina and like a bunch of people, they were on a flight to go to, to some country on missions. They weren't even at the country that they're supposed to be in. All of a sudden, they started ministering to the assist, right? At the end, was that you, Mina? And all these, and then they're like, all these, like, stewardesses are getting, like, on the flight to the mission field. They're like, ministering to, like, they, they felt led by the Spirit to, like, talk to these stewardesses. And then they're like, having, like, an H&D session, healing and deliverance session in the back of the plane, and praying for these stewardesses, and they're all getting set free and doing all these amazing things happening in, in their church. You know, it, 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 on a plane to a uh, mission field. One time we were in, in the Philippines. Right, and we had to walk like we had to walk. We had to drive seven hours into the island, um, mean into this one one area, this wood mountainous area. And we had to walk like an hour and a half up the mountain. And we got to this tribe of people, and they still they were tribal people. They still still wore tribal you know clothes, and they lived in like you know wooden you know like things. And it was it was literally like we went back in time. And they had running water that came from the little stream that was next. They had, somebody had given them like a pump so that they were able to have running water. But then beyond that, it was no electricity, no nothing, right? And we went there and we're having like this revival service at night. There was only like one, one or two like light bulbs that were like, you know, shining over this like big like area. And we're all like, you know, preaching and, and we're praying for people and all these people are coming up and praying. And we had this Australian brother named Michael Kang because we had, we, we joined like, it was a, a mission trip that was with um, another church in Australia and they came and I remember like we, he, like we we're all praying for people. We we're just like praying. They're asking for prayer requests. Like, oh, and then, and, and then, and he got this woman who, who had a baby, right? And she was like, can you pray? And then the translator was saying like, oh, she can't, she has no breast milk. Like, can you pray that she will be able to have breast milk, right? And then, so Michael, like, you know, he's just a regular guy, he prayed, like, didn't put his hand on anything, you know, but he prayed, I remember, like, I wasn't there, but I remember praying, and then, and and I remember him praying, and then the lady, like, like, oh, thank you, and then, and then she pulled out her her thing, and then she squeezed, and then milk came out, and then I remember, like, like, he was, like, he was freaking out, and he, like, grabbed us, and he grabbed our pastor, and he's, like, you never, you're never going to believe what happened, right? And then she was like, she was just like, she's showing everybody how like, like milk was cause She wasn't able to produce any breast milk, right? You guys, like, I know this is hard for you guys to believe when you guys, but we experience these out in the mission field. And it's not because we're special, right? This is a, the thing that I want to tell you. It's not because we're not, we're special because we're all like anointed by God. It's because we there was a, a, a dependence on the Holy Spirit. Do you guys understand this? You know that like it's hard for Holy Spirit to manifest in places like this in the this city this is because we have everything that we need. Right? If we need anything, we can get it from coupon. Right? There's nothing that coupon doesn't have. That we if you get sick. You know, we have universal health care. Go to the doctor, pay sachenon. Right? You get all the medicine that you want. Right? There's nothing. There really isn't. There's really like not much that we need in our existence in our lives here in South Korea. Right? Same with America. But when you go out into these like really like mission fields where you, you are really dependent on the Holy Spirit and you put like a, there's an expectation there. You're like, Holy Spirit, we need you to show up. Holy Spirit, we're dependent on you. You know, Holy Spirit will show up. He is the Spirit of God. He is the power of God at work within us. Romans 8, 15 through 16, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of the adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And so my, la- my next point about the fellowship is that fellowship means it's, it's like affection. Holy Spirit loves us. We, we always think like, oh, the Father loves us, Jesus loves us. But we never really talk about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit loves us. And the scripture that we just read, it says that the Holy Spirit declares that we are the children of God. We are loved by Him and have fellowship with the Spirit. We receive the love of God through the presence and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and, As we are like studying this, 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 you know, this relationship and this communion that we have with the Holy Spirit, I want to end with this last part. And it's about the partnership, right? The the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do in our lives is that He wants to partner with us. Holy Spirit wants to partner with us. And we see it all through the book of Acts is that Holy Spirit Partner with the disciples and the apostles as they were being led to do the things that they wanted to do. When you look at the Old Testament and you see Abraham, you see that Abraham, God is partnering with Abraham. He's like, hey, I am all invested in you and I want you to be completely invested in me and, and we're gonna, we're gonna accomplish this thing, this will and this, this purpose that I have for you, right? And we see how invested God is and this partnership, that's what covenant means. Covenant is a partnership, right? Same with Moses. Moses had a partnership with God. He calls him out the burning bush. He's like, hey, you're gonna, I'm gonna use you to set my people free, right? But here's the thing. I'm gonna be completely invested in you, and you have to be completely invested in me. There needs to be a partnership between you and me for this to work. But well, in this side of the cross, for us believers, In Jesus Christ, who we are saved through Him, right, the partnership comes through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is in us and He's like, hey, I want to partner with you. Not just so that you can like feel better about yourself, but then I want to partner with you to do great things in your life and through your life. Right? Each and every one of us is an access point for heaven to somehow make and like manifest here on earth there's people that we come into contact with there's people that you guys know there's people that 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 are in your workplaces that are, that are your families, your friends, the people in your life where Holy Spirit is saying, "Hey, I want to partner with you right and I want to do a work inside of you so that you can be you and me we 're going to partner so, to bring like heaven upon this earth I want to transform people 's lives. Through you, I want to spread the gospel through you. I want to bring healing and redemption into people's lives through you. But it requires this partnership. First Corinthians three nine. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's fields, God's buildings. Holy Spirit resides in us, per- person like permanently, that so we can partner with Him in fellowship to do God's will upon this earth. That's a that's an awesome thing. That's a, that's an amazing thing that God wants to do that he gives us the Holy Spirit so that he can partner with us. And and as we look to the Holy Spirit and as we look forward to this retreat and as you guys continue on with your lives, the thing that I want you guys to leave with today is that you have God in you. We all have God in us. And 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 He wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to be close with us. He wants to be intimate with us. He wants to tell us the things that He knows as God. And He wants to hear the things that are on our heart. The fears, the anxieties, the difficulties that we have. And ultimately, His presence in us is to transform us. To change us. To make us more like Jesus so that we can make an impact upon this earth for the kingdom of God. God wants to use you. God wants to, to, you to partner with Him so that He can be, you can be used by Him. But, you know, we have to be aware that God is in us. We have to be aware of His presence. I'll close with a prayer. Let's all stand up. Holy Spirit, we thank you and we love you. And as we are gathered here, Lord, we just want to declare that, that we are vessels for you to have your way in us. And we just pray for each and every one of us that we will be vessels for you. And we pray and we ask that you will have your way in us that you will use us that you will transform us that your presence in us will will, will change and, and and bring redemption and 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 reveal the goodness and the grace and the and the, the amazing things that you want to do in us and through us lord i pray for every single one of us in here that we will be people that are led by your spirit may we be people that continue to seek the presence of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit in all that we do. Lord, use us. Partner with us. For how amazing it is that you, God Himself, wants to partner with us to change us and transform our lives. Help us have an expectation that you are there. Help us to be expectant of the work that you want to do in our lives. Help us to have that expectation, that desire, that hunger. For you to work in our lives, God. To be aware of you. To be in tune with you, Lord. So we give you all of the glory, honor, and the praise. We thank you, Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all as you partner with God. As you are transformed by God. And as you are made into the image of Christ to be a a conduit for heaven to be come upon this earth and to bring his plan and his purpose upon this earth. We thank you and we love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.